Hello, everyone, and bienvenidos to a special bonus episode of the Paseo podcast. You'll notice it sounds a bit different than what I normally do. Sometimes with our bonus content, I may be the one interviewing, I may not be the one interviewing. Either way, it's going to be quality stuff. This bonus episode is a recording of a conversation on the census we had with leaders from the Coalition of Spiritual and Public Leadership. Their names are Michael Okincic Cruz, Rose Ocampo, and Rosette Momboleo. And they've been hard at work trying to provide support to communities and get the word out there about just how important responding to the census is. It is our civic duty to complete the census for our households. It's even in the Constitution. If you are unsure of whether or not you want to complete the census, I ask that you keep the following in mind. 10 minutes of your time will determine the next 10 years of your community. Among other things, completing the census determines your representative in Congress, the way political maps are redistricted, support for community initiatives involving legislation, quality of life, and consumer protections. And it even provides for funding for schools, hospitals, roads, public works, and a lot more. Some other things to keep in mind is that your identity is protected under law. If you are in college or jail, you count in the location where you reside. And this is a big one. It's a popular misconception out there right now. There is no citizenship question. I repeat, there's no citizenship question. So if you want to fill out the census online, go to 2020census.gov. Again, that's 2020census.gov. You can also fill it out by mail or phone. In this new normal with the COVID-19 pandemic and being in quarantine, especially for us here in Chicago, give our census workers a break from having to come to your home and ask you the questions in person. So you can do it online, by mail, and even by phone. Just takes 10 minutes. So I originally recorded our interview before the coronavirus altered everything, but I was able to do a follow-up Zoom call with Rose to see how their efforts have shifted in our new reality. I'll include that towards the end. Let's jump into the interview. Bienvenidos a todos. This is the Paseo Podcast. We are here in the Puerto Rican Cultural Center studios located in Paseo Boricua, right here in Chicago, Illinois. Today we are going to talk about the 2020 census. So I have some very special guests in the building for this bonus episode of the Paseo Podcast. We have members of the Coalition for Spiritual and Public Leadership here. Michael Okincic Cruz, Rose Ocampo, and Rosette Mombaleo. Perfecto. Okay, perfect. So thank you all for being on the show today. Thank you. What should our listeners know about you all? Rose, let's start with you. Hi, my name is Rose. I am a resident of Maywood, and I am a the co-chair of the census for CSPL. Hi, my name is Rosette Mombaleo, and I would just say that I'm a member of CSPL. My name is Michael Okincic Cruz, and I have the great opportunity and pleasure to serve CSPL as its executive director. Any one of you can take this first question. Can you explain for our listeners that are unfamiliar, what is the Coalition for Spiritual and Public Leadership? So I've been with CSPL, Coalition for Public and Spiritual and Public Leadership, for close to a year. So I would give you the definition of what I've seen and what I, I believe it is. Um, it's a nonprofit organization, definitely, that works in the community trying to solve social issues. We focus on, we have the Immigration Committee, we have the... Um, Uh, Immigration Committee, Safety and Violence Committee, and the Census Committee. And we've done so much work as well. Um, We've had with the Safety and Violence Committee where we worked with the safe routes for children going to and from school, trying to make the 
process from school and to school a safe one because we had so many complaints from children and from parents that children were not safe when they were going to school or coming back from school. Also that we were hearing um, of so many kidnapping ha happening around the community. And so we also had with the immigration where we went to El Paso last year, mm -hmm. October, and we had some sit-ins and work workshops and we also had some advocating there. And with the census committee, I would say we are everywhere and maybe we'll talk about it later on. But that's basically what it is for me. It's a platform where people can come in and just express themselves and talk about issues that are important for them, but also find people who are supporting them while they're having those important issues and trying to push them and lift them towards their goal. Mm. Yeah. I remember seeing the trip to El Paso yes. uh, on, I think, on your Twitter or your Facebook. Oh, no, it was your Instagram, Instagram. I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, can you give our listeners, and you already said what CSPL does. Can you give us more of an example, like focusing on what you did in El Paso? Mm -hmm. why, why was that? Why was that important? And oh. why did you all go down there? Just to give listeners yes. context. And I think that'd be a great example for people to know just yes. the impact that you all try to have in mm -hmm. communities. So what was El Paso all, all about? All right. So El Paso was all about immigration. And so as we know, that um, that's where we have the border. And so we went with, um, I think, 70 people. Mm -hmm. We went down to El Paso. Um, so we had workshops. We worked with the Border Institute the Hope Water Institute, Hope Water Institute, and we had workshops in from, um, but before we had the workshops, we definitely had a nice pilgrimage. I would believe we called it a pilgrimage. And so it was spirit filled. We prayed a lot and we meditated amongst ourselves. And then with the workshop as well, trying to know about your laws, trying to know about different issues and how you can be more involved. And I think it was very great because we had people from different places. And so you get to know what other people are doing for immigrants and how you can be involved with them and how they can be involved with you and just to know that it's a bigger picture you're not alone and that you can do it better with more people around and I think for me the greatest success was definitely when we had um, a prayer session we called it walking around the we walked around the border and so it was kind of like depicting the the Bible where Joshua and the Israelites walked around the uh, the, uh, the wall of Jericho we just had four stops though the Israelites had seven days but um, we had prayer throughout then we had people sing singing in the streets and praying, and it was just great. And later on in the evening when we came back, we were told that 15 people had been allowed to cross the border to come wow. uh, into um, the United States seeking asylum. It is even in the blog, a CSPL blog about my journey just to El Paso and how it brought me back to my own personal journey of immigration. Um, but I enjoyed so much having different people and different minds. I believe that we shared a lot with each other and got to know, I got to know about um, courts that people go to with immigrants and trying to help them defend themselves and the bridges that there are because of language and how people don't know how to express themselves and so because of that they get denied asylum and so many different things that I wouldn't have known just sitting here at home and so just going there and meeting people who, who do this work and um, it was great and so definitely it was a prayerful protest like we've been saying where my, that was my best time ever, the last day where we had mass, and then after that we went out. We had mass at a church. Oh, it was beautiful. We had people dancing into the church. We had prayer, and that whole solidarity, and people holding hands, and people walking with each other, and talking with each other. And we had two groups, people who crossed the border, and those who didn't feel comfortable. We had a program where we went around the, the whole border, and we called it 
depicting the wall of Jericho, the protest around that. And so those who went into the, um, the other side of the border were able to meet um, the, the immigrants who were actually there by the border. And we have people saying that the others in the tents and others on the floor, and that some people felt bad because they didn't bring enough with them. You know, they had little food and little mm -hmm. fruits, and you feel like you want to give them more. And they, that's the little they had. And so with us on the other side, I was part of the people who stayed behind. And we went around and we had four stops and at each stop we had a stop and um, people would meditate would meditate would sing and then we would pray and that's how we went along and I remember throughout that time when we had it we're telling ourselves that we hope the wall of Jericho would fall but in in a sense that not a physical wall but in the hearts of the police officers who are working with these people around the border and so in the evening after such a long day and such a long walk we get back and people are like there's good news there's good news like 15 people were able to come into the United States to seek asylum and for us it was just a miracle for me, it was like God just saying, you guys are doing the right work. Keep doing what you're doing. I think as well, CSPL grew from it. Like after coming back from CSP, um, from El Paso and the meetings we have, the reflections, the meditations, you just see people on a roll, determined to, to make a change, determined to do something better. And so, yeah, that was El Paso. And there was a lot of things that happened because we went to different guest houses that host immigrants when they come in. So it was like we're walking their walk just a few days, but they do it more than we do longer days than we do, that we had that little mimic of getting into rooms where they slept and sleeping in those rooms and seeing how clean it was and how um, furnished it was, just to sh show you that these people who are hosting them have respect for them because so many times these people don't get respect and the dignity that they, they need and they deserve as human beings. You mentioned the story of Jericho. Yes. Michael, can I put you on the spot here for people <laughs> that aren't familiar with Old Testament? Mm -hmm. Why is, what, what is the wall of Jericho? Why is that significant? Yeah, the imagery is significant. It, it, it represented a wall of separation and division and so the story is that they, they marched around the wall until the walls collapsed. And for us, you know, we engaged in what, what Rosette called prayerful protest, where we marched and sang and agitated um, in order to challenge the current policies and laws that are in place in our country. Um, you know, these stories, the story of, of, of marching, marching to, until the walls collapsed is a story that's happening right now. You know, there are walls of division in our country, both figuratively and literally, um, you know, what was significant about this action at the border uh, is that, you know, the remain in Mexico policy is a policy that's um, illegal according to international um, human rights um, uh, laws that... Can you ex explain when you get the chance the remain in Mexico policy too? I don't know if many people are familiar yeah, with that. Yeah, it's, it's basically, um, it's um, removing the capability of, or, or it's, it's limiting um, our... Our, our, our sisters and brothers' ability to enter this country by seeking asylum, you know, to, to, to claim asylum because of violence, because of fear of, of um, persecution. Um, at one point, people could, could arrive at our border and seek asylum uh, by claiming that they, their lives were being threatened, that the conditions that they were exposed to were so inhumane that they needed to cross the border into this country. And now our government is saying we're shutting that door and we're not even allowing people to come into this country in order to seek asylum. So that's why you have camps um, along the border of people sleeping in tents, people sleeping on the streets, waiting for months, for months in order to come into the country and being fundamentally denied uh, because of who they are, 
because they're immigrants, because they have brown skin, because they're Latin American. Um, these policies are racist, they're inhumane, and they, they run affront to every single value that we with NCSPL hold to be dear, which is that every, every human being is created equally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went down to the border to confront these policies with many, many others, with many other leaders from across the country who come from Catholic churches, Catholic universities, who are Latinx, who are African-American, who are African, who are, who are white and Anglo, um, to protest in solidarity of what's going on. Rose, this next question is for you. You are the CSPL Census Committee co-chair, so you you get the big question that's focused oh on the topic goodness. today. Yes. So Michael just touched on the importance of each person and the equality that must be shown. When we look at equality across the United States of America, the census plays a big part in in that um, equity and that equality uh, from the little neighborhood like Humboldt Park to a giant state like California. Um, for people that are unfamiliar with the census, what is it and why does it matter? It does matter. Um, um, it counts. Everyone needs to be counted this 2020 uh, census. Why? Because we have problems with our school system. We have problems with the, our mental health. We have problems with our communities, our roads. It's just general. Everyone needs to be counted to get those fundings. They are federal. It's dispersing to all the needy communities. And uh, and absolutely, um, everyone needs to be informed. And CSBO, we have done a tremendous work. We have trained over two 200 people to be wow. training from all over the place so they can take the information to their communities and be able to spread the word. What are the type of questions on the census? The questions are only 10 questions, and they're yeah. very basic. And it's usually your name, your last name, your birthday, your race, um, what kind of house um, do you have? Is it a condo? Is it a mobile home? Or is it just uh, an apartment? And uh, how many people are staying and at the home at the time? And uh, your, uh, what is it called? Ethnicity. Ethnicity. <laughs> it's super important. Um, I have a real hard time saying the word. But it's super important that the question is answered as well. It cannot be leave, um, and, you know, left blank. Mm-hmm. So, and all the questions need to be answered. Otherwise, it will be an incomplete um, application. And unfortunately, if you don't do it, you know, they'll be knocking on your door after right. April 1st. Well, it's my understanding that if people have some uneasiness or have questions about what questions they will be asked as a part of the census, you mm-hmm. can actually go on the census website and yes. see each of those questions Absolutely. yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember what that the census website Yes, is it's census2020.gov. You had mentioned this, Rose. You had said our schools need funding, our roads are important. How does that connect to the census? How does that connect to the 10 questions that people will be asked or will be answering between now when the census is complete. How does that connect? Well, it connects because for each person, the federal funding will give $15,000 per person. So can you imagine a family of five, how much money they'll be bringing in to the community? And uh, we've been so undercounted that people are starting to notice is the, the the needs of the community. And uh, it's super important that people know, because a lot of Hispanic people, you know, Latinx, um, that they're not, they don't have any fear because mm-hmm. the question of the Avira citizen is not going to be in the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Number two, their information, their information is um, confidential as well and is protected by, um, by Chapter 13. And uh, anyone who shares any information about the census can go to jail up to five years 
and it can be fined $250,000. So it's super important there are Latinx people or anyone out there. You don't have to be Latinx because a lot of people are in fear as well because we have people that are especially are um, senior citizens. Oh, I don't want them to know my business and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? They already know your business. If uh, For our Latinx people, oh, no, I don't want to be deported or have ICE come and knock on my door. If you have a cell phone, bill or a line or you have a Facebook every time you take a selfie they know your location they already know you know that you're where you at mm -hmm. and like I told people we're not going nowhere so it's might as well you know fill out the questionnaire and leave a better uh, environment for our future leaders and it's not only program it's not only our education system our roads that no. benefit from us taking the census it's also representation exactly. in Congress exactly right that's Can, the would anyone like to, this for anybody, Rose, if you want to take this, Michael, Rosette, what is the, what is the political effect of filling out or not filling out the census? Mm -hmm. We would definitely be losing a representation. We're very close about losing another representative, and that means representation in Washington. So this also matters in, 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 the, in the fact that um, we need to not to lose another representative in Washington. That's our voice of our community, and we can't afford to lose, you know, another seat. Rosette, can you share how people can fill out the census? How can they answer? So we all, we are familiar with someone coming to our door, mm. knocking, asking if they can a ask us a few questions. Mm. Are there any other ways that people can complete the census? All right. So I would say that this time around, um, the village of Maywood has really gone out to try and make sure that everybody is counted. Just, um, I think sometimes we don't really see the importance and so many people don't. And I love the fact that uh, the village of Maywood was able to give grants to local communities. Um, they, what I learned, the few things I've learned is that there is 14, 14 cities in the proviso area. And in the um, in the 14 cities, that this committee was able to give out grants to those 14 cities and say, you guys come up with your committee, census committee. And then I think um, from trustee, his name is trustee Nathaniel Booker, I, I heard that they said 29 million was given out, 29 to 30 million was given out for the census work. And so that's for the whole proviso area for people to, to push this out. And so for me, I would say that when I was growing up, I, I read about the census the first time was in the Bible, you know, military census and census with Jesus. And then while growing up, we'd have people knocking on the door, you know, hi, how many people there, you guys? And you're just answering and you're like, oh, Okay, whatever. Last right, year, yeah. we're in a meeting, and then Michael and Rose brought up the census. In my head, I was like, oh, my goodness, census. Why is the census so important? Why mm -hmm, are we talking about mm -hmm. this? And I didn't really realize it. I just thought, okay, we might use it for Google. How many people are in America? How many people are in Maywood? You know? But the more you start learning about it, the more you're like, whoa. This is so big, and we don't realize how big it is. Just like Rose said, 15,000. That's like a 10-year lapse. And so you realize that um, when Joshua was giving out the land to the Israelites, right, the Israelites were different clans, and there were 12 clans. And so each clan got a land according to the number of people they were and the geographics and everything. Same thing with Maywood. We, we are... 
14, I would say, no, we are Maywood and we have 14 cities in the proviso area. And so they would give money according to how many people are in there, according to your needs, you know, and according to what they believe you guys would need. And so now if we get counted and we say that we only have 20,000 pe- 20, people, whereas in reality we have 30,000 people, we only get fines for 20,000 people, meaning we are underfunded. And that's why you see that we do not move forward so much and we do not see so much development because we get underfunded all the time. Time. And so this is a rally to tell people that, hey, your voice matters. And um, while watching some, some some documentaries and things about the census, you re- they said that the lowest people to count are zero to, to five years old. Mm-hmm. So many parents do not count their children. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine you're not counting your child who's five years old and 10 years from now, they'll be 15. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine the education system you're putting them through. You can imagine the roads they're going to have while going. You can imagine the health care, the police station. There's so much that goes into just saying, I got counted and that money goes a long way. And so um, I heard that there are certain programs sometimes that um, people would come up and say, hey, would like for children to have food in um, high school before and after. And when you want to go ahead and say, okay, fine, we go to federal, you know, for for funding, they tell you guys that you are undercounted. So you you don't even qualify for basic things. And so this plays on a a whole larger um, surface that we do not see. We just see it as counting, you know. And another thing I would say is that it gives you power. It gives, it makes you make your people accountable and say, hey, I got counted. I know we have a certain percentage that was counted and this is the amount of money in the in the uh, the city what are you guys doing with this money you know we're not seeing this we're not seeing that but if you're not coming out and you're not doing anything it doesn't give you a right to complain you can't be complaining if you're not doing anything for it and so i think um for people to understand that it is important and i believe that with um the trainings that we're having with people talking about it it has it's resonating in people's heads that hey i need to get counted hey i need to get counted because i'm going to be here for five years and so if i don't get counted it affects my five years that I'm here. I can't complain about streets if I didn't get counted, you know? So it's just a way for the government to see how many people do we have here? How can we help these people for these 10 years? And that's as basic as it is. Yeah. Okay. Rosette, you also mentioned children, the importance of counting children, how there's an undercount of kids. And is that because are people just counting themselves and their spouses and not their children? Or why why wouldn't someone think, I would think if you're a parent, you would Mm -hmm. think to count your kids in a census. Um, I wouldn't know so much as well. It was very baffling for me. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing that I think was very confusing from the zero to five is because, uh, especially the zero, Mm -hmm. that they explained it very well. So if your child is um, from the first of April, if you have a child in the house, that child counts. So there's a bit of confusion to say that this is a child, this is not an ad- an adult, mm-hmm. or this is a dog. Can a dog count? Mm-hmm. And so if you go to the census website, you see how, especially the provi- proviso website as well on the census, they have videos that explain all of this, who counts in the house. A dog doesn't count, but a child does count. Mm-hmm. You know, if your mom stays, uh, your mom's friend stays with you guys, and it falls on the 1st of April that she's still staying with you guys, she counts. So that count, you have to say that she's there as well. Um, if your friend comes sleeping over, she, she doesn't count. She, she's just a visitor. So little things just to explain what happens and also to say that if your child is born on the 1st of April or before the 1st of April, they count. And so 1st of April, if you have a newborn baby, that baby counts as a human being in the household. Well, other things I want to touch on when it comes to counting young children, this mm-hmm. is off the census2020.gov website. 
So we have all children who live in your home. Like mm-hmm. you said, Rose, that should be counted. That includes foster children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, and the children of friends, even if they are living with you temporarily. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing people should know. Another is that children who split their time between homes, if if they're living with you on April 1st, and then like you said, Rosette, if they're a newborn born April 1st, they count. Yes. Even if they're zero, <laughs> yes, they, they count. count. Yes. Okay. So... Let's talk a little bit about why CSPL is doing this census work. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about the mission of the census, everybody getting counted. Let's talk a bit about how that intertwines with the mission of CSPL. Mm-hmm. How do those missions overlap with one another? Mm-hmm. So our mission, um, the reason that we started the census um, it w- was because of the lack of information. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be like the census, everybody knows about it, mm-hmm. but um it's unfortunately that um, people don't know about the census. And so, but basically what the goal for the CSPL, it is to make sure that everyone, everyone learns about the census and the importance of doing it. So that's our mission is to count um, 30,000 people and plus. That's our goal. And make sure people are informed and um, they go out there and they get counted. Um, it doesn't matter what race are you, but we want to make sure that you, the people understand what is it and why is it important so they can see that they're doing something good for their community, especially like those people that, you know what, I don't have time you know, to volunteer. I don't, I just told them, you know what, just fill out the census. You're going to do work for the next 10 years just filling out that application. I would add to what Rose um, and Rosette have just shared that um, also the way it connects to the, to the deeper mission of CSPL is our, our work is really about organizing communities um, to be engaged, deeply engaged in the civic process, to be working for social justice by developing solutions that come from the grassroots. Um, we're also faith-based. You know, we're, we're rooted in the Catholic spiritual theological traditions, the radical nature of the, the Catholic faith, which is about inspiring um, people to work for justice, to work to build community, to work to ensure that everybody has an equal opportunity in this life. And that means working to address and eradicate racism, economic inequality, uh, sexism, um, environmental injustice issues in our communities. And so this falls right there. You know, the census work, um, making sure everybody is counted is not a given. You know, just like voting rights aren't a given, you know, we have to struggle and fight for voting rights so that everybody has the right to vote. And we have a we live in a country with a long history of voter suppression. Um, African-Americans have dealt with voter suppression for generations. Uh, Latinx communities, Asian-American communities, Native American communities still to this day, many communities are restricted from having the right to vote. Likewise, the census, we're encountering misinformation. It's not, you know, a mystery as to why misinformation is being spread, even in the highest offices of power. And it's our job to make sure people are informed, trained, equipped to make sure that they are counted. And as Rosette was saying, we cannot um, work to organize the resources to be driven to the places where we need to go. We need to drive them to education, um, healthcare, better schools. If we're not hitting the hitting the pavement and organizing communities to be counted, so I think this work that uh, that Rose Rosette, the Census Committee are driving is so fundamental to our mission, which is to make sure that leaders in the community who are driven by their faith can make change in their community. 
before we had a conversation on the census, we were in the studio. That was before the that was before the shelter in place order here in Illinois. So we brought Rose onto the Paseo podcast via Zoom conferencing, so we can figure out how their efforts have been affected due to the coronavirus outbreak. So Michael, Rose, thank you again for making time to be on the show. With the coronavirus outbreak, how has that affected CSPL's efforts to make sure that everybody gets counted this census? Well, it has affected a little bit, but we are trying to be creative and staying positive to be able to relate the message out there to our community. the steps that we have taken, we're using a lot of social media and all our volunteers are sharing um, up-to-date information as the time is changing. Uh, right now, we're trying to also, um, we're creating our phone banking and starting off as of next week, uh, we're gonna be doing some phone calls um, from the people that have attended to our trainings and our seminars and our meetings. Um, they checked up a box saying that they would like to be uh, uh, reminded when the census is going to be here. And uh, we're also helping um, our uh, neighbors and people that need help filling up the census, answering their questions, and letting them, letting them know that there's options. We can still continue to do our work, you know, by logging online at the census2020.gov. And there's a lot of... Um, um, Clicks in there that can help you um, answer the questions that you might have if you have any concerns. Mm-hmm. How has this impacted your ability to organize volunteers, to get the word out? Can you share a bit of what are some of the steps uh, you all have taken to really not lose momentum and telling people how important it is to, to send in their responses to the census? Yeah, we have a great team, thank God. Um, we're using technology, we're using a lot of Zoom uh, meetings. Um, the hard time is getting the setup to people to get into our meetings, but once they log in once, uh, we have constant meetings and um, we talk over the phone. We're also um, having our people also check on other people to see how they're doing, how is their mental health as well. You know, I know mental health is not part of our census, but we want to make sure that we're checking on our people and to see how they're doing and also reminding them that the time is coming and the time is very sensitive and uh, you don't have to go out there to go fill out the census. Um, you know, you can go ahead and continue. You can fill it out online and we're offering that resource as well that we are also offering our services as a technical support that if you need help, you know how to log in and you know, how to um, get into the websites and stuff. You know, we're offering a, a technical support as well. But um, we've been very blessed. Uh, we just had a phone banking training um, yesterday, no, two days ago, and we had over 25 people in our Zoom uh, meeting. And that's very exciting to be able to talk to all these people and get them, you know, hyped up to see that our work is not done. This is just barely getting started. We don't want to make them lose the, the excitement, you know, that, uh, that what is the message that we need to do, that we need to be counted this 2020, super important. Wow, yeah, no, absolutely. It sounds like y'all have really tried to ensure that the momentum does not stop trying to- Oh no, we're still hippity hop. Yeah, Yeah. I'm glad things haven't slowed down and you're ramping up the efforts. So um, I wanted just to close out on 
Um, with the coronavirus outbreak, you know, if, if this is a great opportunity to fill out the census, if you don't want someone random coming to your house that works for the census to ask you to fill it out, you can actually be preemptive and get ahead of all that by filling out the census online, right? Absolutely. Um, you can do it online. You can do it by phone. It only takes 10 minutes of your time. Only 10 minutes. I mean, you lose 10 minutes just watching TV and, you know, and it's really that those 10 minutes will really impact your community um, if you don't do it. It's amazing all the money that we're losing out there for not filling out the census. And um, I'm just very excited to be able to do this work and just think about it that sometimes people don't have time to, I wish I could do this for my community, but this is the time to do it. It only takes 10 minutes and it's going to make a huge impact in the community that Anything you do now is going to be uh, affecting everyone for the next 10 years. 10 minutes. Go visit um, census2020.gov and fill out the census. If you need any help, please let us know. You can reach us at CSPL Action and um, send us a message or you can call us. And, um, I mean, we're here for you. You're not alone on these. And uh, please don't miss the opportunity to make a change, you know, in your community. Completing the census is our civic duty, just like voting is. Mm. And I hope that you all continue to see a growth and excitement. We really need excitement yes. around this. So, Michael, could I just have you repeat the CSPL website and social media handles? Yeah. Our website is www.csplaction.org. And we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our handle is at CSPLAction. Great. All right. Rose, Rosette, Michael, thank you all for making the time to be on the show today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. This is great. We can't say goodbye till we say our slogan. Oh, yes. This is, we got to put a drum roll in this. (laughs) So this census 2020, I count, you count, we all count. En español, yo cuento. Tú cuentas, todos contamos. Eso. Eso, wepa. I love it. Very good. Thank you all for being on the Paseo podcast today. Thank you. Special thanks to Rose, Rosette, and Michael from CSPL for joining the show. I hope you all complete the census and keep in mind that by doing so, you can have an impact on countless lives. If you want to connect with the podcast, follow us at Paseo Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Visit our website, paseomedia.org. That's P-A-S-E-O media.org. And email us at paseopodcast at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-E-O podcast at gmail.com. I always love reading listener comments and topic suggestions. So keep those coming. 